Hello and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 26. Thanks for being here. How's the week been, guys? We're doing another one. Life is pretty good here. In news, it's not really so much world news or national news or news to anyone outside of my house, but I got a new cell phone today. It's time to renew the plan. We got a really good deal on new phones. Told my wife tonight that I had to hurry and finish recording my Atari podcast so that I could play on my new phone and download the 3D TARDIS wallpaper that I had on my old phone, which uh, features a spinning image, three-dimensional image of the TARDIS on the little screen there on the phone. And when you tap on it, it makes the TARDIS noise and the TARDIS dematerializes. And so I was going to have a very busy evening to which my wife responded that I was a huge nerd. Nerd alert, I think, was actually what she said. After much consideration, I have decided not to divorce her because, what can I say, can hardly argue with such an astute analysis as that. In other news that is actually news, okay, not really, it's a den about me. Atari movie update. Woohoo! Just kidding, there's no woohooing. I still have not gotten the call from Atari to write either their Centipede or Missile Command movies that they are supposed to be producing. Supposedly they are in development, but I can't see how they've developed a whole lot because, hello, I haven't gotten to work on the scripts yet. Give me the call, guys. I'm waiting to go. Alright, here's some news that is actual news. By the time you hear this podcast, the world as we know it will no longer exist. Perhaps I should say the world as I know it, as I record this, will no longer exist. We will be living in a post-brand-new Ghostbusters world. That's right, the new Ghostbusters movie drops July 15th, which is my future and your past. By the time you're hearing this recording, the movie will have crossed the streams into the nearest parallel cinematic dimension, or it will have made a 100-foot Marshmallow Man-sized squish at the box office. I have no doubt that it's going to make a crap ton of money. Remains to be seen, again, my future, whether or not people are going to like the movie after they see it, but you can bet a crap ton of people are going to go see it, including me, as soon as I can. I know there are purists out there who can't stomach the idea of Ghostbusters without the original, I was going to say the original Trinity, but I guess it's not really a Trinity, is it? It's, it's or a trilogy, I guess it's a quadruply, a uh, foursome. What am I trying to say? A quad-tet. I don't know why I can't come up with a word, which is bad for a podcaster, but you know what I mean. Some people just can't handle that idea, and there are the misogynists out there who can't stomach the idea of gasp. Female Ghostbusters. I'm excited for the new movie, though. All these actors and actresses they got in the movie are very talented. I have every reason to think that's going to be an awesome film. I think I mentioned in a previous episode that I saw the original Ghostbusters on the big screen as a kid when it came out, but I just saw it in June on a re-release, and at the end of the movie, the inducement to get you to pay the money to come see this, they had a little teaser, a little promo video with director Paul Feig, and there were some clips and things. I was a little nervous from from watching the clips, because those clips were really just the Ghostbusters drooling over how hot Chris Hemsworth is, and a little bit of Chris Hemsworth being a dork in the movie. Terribly handsome dork, but a dork nonetheless. So I was a little nervous. I've seen some more clips since then, and clearly, and, and I knew it then too, that there's more to the movie than that. So so that's interesting. I've also been listening to, I just didn't put this in my notes, I just thought of it now, but I'll see if I can find it real quick here. I started listening to 
a podcast called the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross Rip. And they did an interview with uh, a couple of authors who have written some tie-in books, the names of which I can't remember now, uh, and I'm not going to take the time to look them up at the moment because lazy. But it got me thinking about sort of the, the, the ancillary connected works. Back in the day, there was a very popular cartoon called The Real Ghostbusters, which I'm not sure I ever really watched, but I'm thinking about doing it now. You know, and some other related projects that that I kind of want to dig into, including, of course, Atari games, all of which makes a nice segue for us to announce that this week's game is... For the best, for the beautiful, for the only, Ghostbusters! That's right, strap on your Proton Pack and zoom back to 1984 in your Ecto-1 to relive the fun of the original from with the 1985 Activision game version. We do love us some Activision on this podcast. At Atari Bytes, we are excited to have Ghostbusters. We are excited to have an Activision game this week. We are giddier than Lewis Tully on acid. I don't know. I thought I was going somewhere with that metaphor, but I kind of lost it at the end there. I think I mentioned, looking at my notes here, I saw Ghostbusters originally when it was in the theaters, and I was like 12 or 13. I went out to see it on like a Friday night with three friends. We had a sleepover. Two of my friends spent the night fighting with each other. That's mostly what I remember. But I also remember seeing Ghostbusters, and it was amazing. Ghosts, comedy, naughty language, double entendres, sometimes single entendres, and I was enthralled. And I really hope that this new movie taps into my inner 13-year-old and I think we need to find out if the Atari game, Activision game, will likewise tap into that inner 13-year-old. Looking at the copy of the manual that I ran off from Atari, ran off. Talking about printing something off the computer and saying ran off. That's like how my dad talks. Yeah, I ran off a copy on the computer. No, I, I you know, downloaded uh, a file off of Atari Age. And then I printed it on my printer. Ghostbusters. Getting started. Insert the cartridge. Alright, got that. Left and right difficulty switches may be in any position at this time. Warning, this is another one of those stupid setups that I've been seeing more and more lately, at least way too often to suit me, where the A and B difficulty switches don't really mean anything as far as how hard the game is, but you have to keep flipping them around to get the game to actually do things, and it's really kind of frustrating. Your Ghostbusters franchise. The bank has loaned you, um, there's a typo in this transcript here, it says, what I have in front of me says, well, it's supposed to say $5, what it actually says is dollar sign five comma zero zero. In reality, in the game, it's $5,000. To start your own Ghostbusters franchise, earn enough money busting ghosts before their dangerous energy emissions, PK energy, reach critical mass at 9999 I assume they picked that number something to do with the programming, the computer programming, maybe they couldn't get the uh, software to roll over to 10,000? I don't know. Some programming nerd out there could give me the answer to that. Otherwise, your business will be foreclosed. So that's apparently the big goal here in the awesome Ghostbusters game is to not be foreclosed upon. I guess have your credit rating shot. A little different from the Ghostbusters movie where the big goal was to turn Dana back into a person, and to stop Zool from destroying all of humanity. But, you know, tomatoes, tomatoes. Gearing up. The first screen you see after pressing the game reset is the equipment selection screen. Move the arrow up and down by moving the joystick up and down. Buy equipment to outfit your ghost-busting vehicle by pressing the button when the arrow is pointed at the equipment you want. 
The name of each piece of equipment will appear at the bottom of the screen as you point to it. And I'm just, I'm reading it exactly as it's written here. You being with $500, I think what that's supposed to say is you began with $5,000. They messed up the 5000 again, as shown on the bottom of the screen. Your purchase selections may include the following items. Image intensifier makes ghosts in buildings, slimers, easier to see. See, busting ghosts. I've played this game a few times now. I can't figure out how to use the image intensifier. And I'm not sure why you need them to be easier to see. Because Slimer, as we'll find out later when we actually play the game, he's pretty prominent. And he's the only one there other than you. You may only purchase one image intensifier. Cost $800. Bait prevents the Marshmallow Man from destroying buildings. See out of control. Cost $400 for an unlimited supply. Again, I couldn't figure out how to use the bait. Ghost Vacuum sucks up the roamer as you travel the streets of the city. See, the streets. Cost $500. Traps are used to catch and store slimers. You must buy at least one trap. The maximum number of traps you can purchase is nine if you have enough money. Each trap holds one ghost. See, busting ghosts. Cost $600 each. Once you have purchased all of the equipment you want, move the left difficulty switch. If it was previously set to A, then move it to B. If it was previously set to B, then move it to A. You will see. You will now see the map screen. Map screen. A picture of the map screen appears here, except it doesn't because this is just a transcript from the manual. On the map of the city, Zool's horrible temple, Spook Central, can be found at the top of the screen. Ghostbusters symbol, representing your vehicle, marks your location. Any city block that is flashing red, and in the manual, in the transcript here, red is spelled R-E-A-D, indicates the presence of a slimer in the building. Guide your vehicle directly above or below a red flashing city block by moving the joystick in the appropriate direction. Time is of the essence, so choose your route carefully. Freeze all roamers, that is ghosts heading for Zool, by simply touching one of them. To get to the... and that makes no sense either. In the movie, when you touch a ghost, you get slimed. To get to the building directly above the street you're on, just press the red button. To get to the building directly below the street you're on, pull back on the joystick and press the button. Note. Ghostbusters headquarters is the second complete block form form the left. should be from the left on the bottom row. When it's flashing yellow, you must go there immediately. In fact, you can't go anywhere else. Once there, you will automatically get new equipment and mend the streets. You must have purchased the vacuum to capture roamers on the streets. Every time you go to one of the flashing buildings, there's the short interlude where you're just driving on an empty street with your big gray rectangle that's supposed to be the Ecto-1. <laughs> that was me, by the way. I wasn't reading from the manual. Now I am. Steer the vehicles toward passing roamers if you had proven any on the map. Not sure what that means. And press the button to vacuum them up. This keeps them from getting to the Temple of Zool. The city's PK energy reading jumps 100 points for each roamer that gets to Zool. Busting ghosts. When you arrive at the site of a ghostly disturbance, take the following steps with the joystick. Direct the first Ghostbuster. He automatically appears on the screen towards the center of the building, and push the button to deposit the trap. Then move him to the le far left of the screen by moving the joystick to the left. Turn him towards the trap by moving the joystick back to the right, and push the button again. The second Ghostbuster will then appear. Direct him to the far right of the screen. Turn him towards the trap and push the button. Both the Ghostbusters will power on their negative ionizer backpacks. The energy streams thrown from the backpacks are used to trap the ghosts. Now your Ghostbuster grit. Sorry. Move your Ghostbuster gradually inward using the joystick and trap the slimer between the streams. But do but do no, do not, repeat, do not, cross the streams. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. 
What? Don't cross the streams. Why? It would be bad. I'm fuzzy on the whole good-bad thing. What do you mean, bad? Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. All right, that's bad. Okay. All right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. When you have the slimer over the trap, press the button. The trap will pull him in. Be precise. If you miss, you'll get slimed. Ugh. And the ugh is actually in the manual. When you have the slimer over the trap, press the... Okay, I read that. Every trapped slimer increases your earnings. The quicker you catch each slimer, the more you'll earn. The amount of money in your account is shown constantly on the bottom of the screen. Every slimer that escapes from a building increases the PK level of the city by 300 units. When you run out of traps, get two of your men slimed or cross the streams. You must go to Ghostbusters headquarters to get new equipment and men. Out of control. Periodically, you will lose all control of your Ghostbusters while on the map screen. Your vehicle, Ghostbusters symbol, will freeze up. Also, you will notice that the roamers start moving considerably faster towards Zool. This means that the menacing, monstrous Marshmallow Man is quickly approaching. Your only way out is to drop bait if you bought any, which I can never figure out how to do. I also don't understand how to get into headquarters or why you need to do that, but I guess I'll talk more about that later. Out of control. Periodically, yeah, okay. You lose all control. I don't understand the losing control part. I don't understand what you're supposed to do with the Marshmallow Man or how you get your guy to do that. It's all very frustrating. To, oh, they're about to tell me. Debate the Marshmallow Man. Move the right difficulty switch. If it's on A, switch it to B. If it's on B, switch it to A. Well, now they tell me. I don't know how many times I read this manual and didn't see that before. Oh, well. If you're fast enough, you'll bait the Marshmallow Man and earn $2,000. He'll appear on screen but quickly run off. If you're not fast enough, the Marshmallow Man will stomp on one of your blocks and you'll lose $4,000. Well, that's kind of petty of him. Finished or not. The game ends in one of two ways. One, the city's PK energy level, there's a typo there, reaches 9,999 and you do not have at least $10. I guess that's supposed to be $10. It's 10 comma zero zero. The game will instantly go into demonstration mode. The amount of money you ended up with will remain on the screen for approximately three minutes. To start over, press game reset. You will begin again starting with $5,000. Two, the city's PK energy level reaches 9,999 and you, and you do have at least $10. You will have the opportunity to continue playing with your accumulator. I wonder if that's supposed to be $1,000. I don't know. But first, you must try to sneak two of your three... Three? When did you get a third Ghostbuster? Anyway, you're supposed to sneak two out of three of your Ghostbusters safely past the jumpy Marshmallow Man by going between his legs. I don't understand the point of this. Why don't you just shoot him with your ionizer? It's very confusing. If successful, you have conquered Zool. What? How? I suppose the uh, the Marshmallow Man is a manifestation of Zool. I guess I understand that. You'll see two Ghostbusters crossing their streams, and you'll receive a $2,000 bonus. If you do not sneak two of the Ghostbusters past the Marshmallow Man, you can still go on to the, I guess, next round of the game. Either way, just switch the game select or game reset to go to the selection screen. You will start the new round with your accumulated earnings from the last round. It is very confusing how the game ends. I know I just read it to you, but when you're actually playing, it's very hard to tell when you're done. After you've again chosen your supplies and equipment, this I guess is when you're gone in round two, switch the left difficulty switch as you did at the beginning of the first round. To continue on to subsequent rounds, you will have to accumulate at least another $10,000 in each round. If you don't make at least $10,000 more, you'll have to start the game over from the beginning. This will be true for all rounds following the first one. Note, the $2,000 bonus for sneaking two Ghostbusters past the Marshmallow Man will automatically be applied to your $10,000 goal in the next round, so you only have to earn an additional $8,000. Transcribers note, 
These docs were transcribed from the game version distributed by NES in Australia. That's interesting. This version had the instructions inside the game cover. I don't know if US versions were presented the same way. Well, alright. So, in fairness, the typos could have been from the fact that it was transcribed from a game cover uh, in uh, another country's game. So, I still understood what was going on. I still don't fully understand the game. But, you know, there you go. That's how you play it. So, I think after the break, we're going to cross the streams. See you on the other side, Ray. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. As Janine Melnitz helped Lewis on the official Ghostbusters jumpsuit in Ghostbusters 2, he told her, I was born to wear this stuff. Much like Lewis Tully, I too was born to, born to wear the Ghostbusters jumpsuit. I'm not, because I don't have one, and it's like 100 degrees out. Also, I don't have a proton pack, because my wife says I'll blow stuff up with it. I have a vacuum cleaner. It's not cordless, though. Well, anyway, let's play the game. Ah oh, yes, the Ghostbusters theme song. As fun as that song is, it gets really old really quick in this game. So we're looking at the map screen. The ghosties are starting to fly. And now we hit the reset button and it takes us to the merchandise buying room. I still don't fully understand this. I bought some of whatever that first thing is, bought some bait, bought a vacuum, trap, 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 and I used up all but $300 of my money because I don't understand if there's a strategy to this or not. Now I have to flip the difficulty switch to get back to the map. Oh, there's a red, I can make that ghost freeze, I'm not sure what that does either. button. Now I'm in the Ecto-1, which is hugely disappointing because you can tell that it's supposed to be a car on a road, but it's just sort of a gray rectangle. Okay, now I'm going to try and catch Slimer. I'm laying the trap in the middle. Run over to the left side. Turn my guy facing to the right. Push the button. There's the other Ghostbuster. Push the button again. We're both firing, but Slimer doesn't stay still. I guess, oh, now he's killing my Ghostbusters. Oh. Froze that ghost. I'm back to the map room, by the way. And I'm in my car again. I just vacuumed up a ghost. Which I guess is good. PK at $399. And I have $300. I've arrived at another destination. Lay a trap. Turn the guy around. There's the other guy. Hose him. He got away again. Man. Well, the 
Ghostbusters headquarters flashing. I guess I went this. You go down and you, you push the button and nothing really happens except you get back in your car. There's another flashing red building. There's, it says Zool at the top of the screen, but I don't know how you ever actually get there. In the car again. Oh, I missed a ghost. I have no idea what's going on and what the point is. Alright, lame trap. Over here. Comes Ghostbusters number two. And fire. Nope. But you can't unfire. Oh! Holy crap, I got him! Now the Ghostbusters do a little dance. That's like the first time I've been able to do that. I'm a happy Ghostbuster. I'm a Ghostbuster! I'm a Ghostbuster! As Lewis also says. In Ghostbusters 2. And I sucked up a ghost. Alright, I got your... Wait, there's no Slimer here. False alarm. There's Slimer. Around. Here comes Ghostbusters number 2. And... Let him up! Got him again! And they do their happy dance. Freeze the ghost. Set in the trap. Disappointed in the Ecto-1. It's a big gray rectangle. The Ghostbusters look good. Slimer looks good. Come on, Slimer, get in the middle there. Boom, hit the trap. Yes! Happy dance. The buildings are pretty generic. They actually kind of look to me like the buildings from the Superman game. There's nobody there. I'm actually still a little fuzzy about how the game actually ends.
Oop, I missed him again. I got slimed. PK at 38.69. Laying another trap. Here comes Ghostbuster number two. Light him up. Slimer. Miss the trap. Yes. Yeah, lots of activity at this building. Got him again. Slimer at this building. Shoot. I prematurely shot my trap. I hate when that happens. Uh oh. Oh, marshmallow man. Now, see, I don't know what I was supposed to do there. I saw the marshmallow man on the map screen. The manual isn't really very clear in what you're supposed to do. PK at 7,100 now. This is kind of getting bad. Alright, Slimer. out on PK. This could be it, guys. That was it. I maxed out. Well, there's always the Goonies, I guess. Back to you in the studio. So, Ghostbusters is a good-looking game. Slimer and the Ghostbusters are well-rendered. The little Ghostbuster symbol is very distinctive. The Ecto-1, not so much. The driving bits seem kind of pointless. I guess it's supposed to be exciting to vacuum up the ghosts, but you don't see them coming. You really don't have to do anything other than push the button, and they just kind of suck into your vacuum. I don't know, it's just the, the driving interludes are just more annoying than anything else. The real problem with this game is that it has tried to encompass the whole Ghostbusters movie into a very limited Atari game. The fit is very awkward. 
Starting with the fact that there are none of the people from the game, right? No Venkman, no Ray, no Egon, no uh, Zetamore, Dana, Lewis. None of those guys are in the movie. I assume it's some sort of rights issue at the time. And I don't know that it would have made much difference if this was the game they were going to put those characters in. It's unclear who these Ghostbusters that are on screen actually are. The manual kind of presents itself like, you are doing this. But there's two guys on the screen, and I don't know how you're supposed to know who's who or why you care. Slimer's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious who Slimer is, so that's fine. And I guess the bit where you trap him, catch him in your stream, your ionizer stream, and trap him in the trap is actually kind of neat. Once I figured out how to do it. I don't understand the random ghosts. I don't like that Zool's Spook Central is marked on the map, but you never actually get to go there. The Marshmallow Man just seems to randomly appear, and he's not really all that threatening. You know, it just there's a whole lot of movie stuff hinted at that never really comes to fruition. The trio, Ray, Egon, and Pete Venkman, getting fired from the university jobs and having to find the money to form the Ghostbusters company was an important part of the film, right? You know, Ray had to go borrow, take out like a third mortgage on his parents' home so they could buy that crappy fire station that was so cool. And that was a fun part of the movie. But the heart of the movie, of course, was Slimer and Zool and Dana getting turned into a dog and stuff like that. Mr. Stay Puffed, and none of that is in this game. In the movie, those things were all fought with wit and charm, and there's none of that in the game. The game starts out and is sort of overshadowed by the money part. The first thing you get to do in the game is go shopping to buy stuff, and the whole point of the game is to make money or you lose, which means that we're at a good point to talk about the story. Instead of trying to make up a story tonight, we already have a story, of course. We have the Ghostbusters movie, so I'm trying to figure it out, and I think I've already made, maybe uh, tipped my hand. Spoiler, I don't necessarily think there's much of a story here compared to what we got in the movie. In the movie, the five parts of a story are, say them with me, introduction or exposition, where you get the foundation of what the story is, who the characters are, what the setting is, what the potentially what the conflict is going to be. Then you have the rising action, where things are starting to happen, putting all those things into play. The climax, which is sort of the peak of your story, where the, the, the big um, conflict comes to a head. Then the falling action, which, which is the fallout, the consequences of that climax. And then finally, the resolution, or denouement, the end of the story, basically, how everything gets wrapped up. So I've already kind of set up the, the story, right? You're opening, the manual did this, you're opening a, a Ghostbusters franchise, I guess, and the game opens with you going shopping buying your bait, buying your vacuum, and the other things. Well, here, I can tell you. Bait, vacuum, image intensifier, which I never saw in the game, and the traps. In the movie, the Ghostbusters start out as university professors, and they get fired, basically because they suck, and they decide to go into the Paranormal Investigation and Extermination Service. In the game, I guess you're, they tell you you're buying a franchise. Perhaps this is a callback to Venkman famously telling Ray, don't worry about your three mortgages, because selling the franchise rights to Ghostbusters will make us really, really rich. So maybe that's what they're trying to do there. Rising action. Things are starting to happen. You got your Ghostbusters franchise. Here come the ghosts. Here be ghosts. As Janine Melnitz says, we got one. You fly down the fireman pole. At least I assume you do. You don't get to see that in the, in the game. And ghosts chase down Slimer. And then you chase him again, and again, and again, and try and trap him. 
at random intervals wherever the map tells you to go. It's pretty repetitive, pretty quick. I was kind of thrilled tonight to finally be able to figure out how to catch Slimer, but that's pretty much all you do. It's always one Slimer on a screen, you catch him in exactly the same way, uh, and then you go on to the next screen. So, what's the climax then? What's the peak of the story? In the movie, of course, it's the one-two punch of Zool. Remember, if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. And Mr. Stay Puffed, right? Zool invites the Ghostbusters to think up the means of their destruction. Mr. Stay Puffed pops into Ray's head, and that's who appears to destroy them. So it's very exciting and funny at the same time. In the game, there is no climax. Zool's location, Spook Central, is right there on the map, but you never actually get to go there. Mr. Stay Puffed, Marshmallow Man, shows up randomly. I never got to the point where I could do the thing about running between his legs and sneaking two of my three Ghostbusters out. I don't understand the point of that. Why don't you just hose him, like in the movie? But you don't, I guess. You know, he's basically a, a, a bit player, a cameo in this game, and that is hugely disappointing. So maybe... That's still the climax, though? Because I guess maybe he's not in the game early on. It's only after your PK energy calculator gets high. So I guess that makes it sort of the climax when he's there. It just nothing really happens when he's there. So what's the fallout from that? The falling action. I guess you run out of money. The PKE goes off the scale. In the movie, they blow up the Marshmallow Man in the climax, and then they get uh, enchased in Marshmallow Goo. And then they rescue Dana and Lewis from the dog statues. Boy, I don't know. Getting marshmallowed and rescuing Sigourney Weaver. Counting the money in your checking account. Which one is more exciting? Hmm. So, we limp onward toward the Resolutioner Denimon. In the movie, at the end, Bill Murray gets to smooch Sigourney Weaver. And then drive off in the Ecto-1. In the game, you get to run between Mr. Stay Puff's legs, I guess? You don't get to toast that marshmallow, though. That would be fun. We don't want to do that. So, it seems like they were trying to make a game of the Ghostbusters movie without using the people, like I said earlier. The game might have been better, ironically, especially for a storytelling Atari podcast, it might have been a better game if it didn't try to have a story. If it was more like, honestly, a, a regular Atari game, which, you know, game starts, you're there in a building full of ghosts, and you got your ionizer, and you just go to t town cleaning things up. Saving the day. The money stuff, dump all of that. Going back to HQ, I didn't understand how you were doing that, or even if I was doing that. It just bogs down the game. And stop with the endless driving in your Ecto-1 that doesn't look at all like the Ecto-1. So, I'm sorry to say, as much as I like the Ghostbusters movie, and as excited as I am for the new Ghostbusters movie, the Activision game, and it pains me to say this because I do love me some Activision, this Activision game just is sort of a lukewarm, cold toasted marshmallow. And it's not just because I couldn't get Slimer into the damn trap, which was the case when I wrote these notes. I got him into the trap tonight, and I still kind of feel meh about the game. And that makes me sad.
And that's our show. But before we go, Bill Kendrick of the XEGS podcast escaped from our ecto-containment chamber in the form of a Class 5 free-roaming vapor to tell us all about the Atari party happening later this summer out in Davis, California. It's coming up quick, guys. Not a whole lot of time to make your plane reservations. So we'll let Bill get on with things. It's slime time. Hey, Bill. It's Bill Kendrick from the XCGS Cart by Cart podcast. I want to let you and your listeners know that I'm hosting my 8th annual Atari party this summer out here in Davis, California. That's near Sacramento and not far from the San Francisco Bay Area and Silicon Valley. It's free and will undoubtedly have at least one Atari 2600 set up. It's a one-day event on Saturday, July 30th. Visit newbreedsoftware.com slash Atari Party for more info. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Thanks also to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Take a Chance, Reformat, and Pinball Spring. You can email your Steak Puffed Marshmallow Recipes to ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can find show notes at ataribytes.lipson.com. You can like the Atari Bytes show on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, and follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Atari Bytes is available on TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and of course iTunes, where you should leave a review. I am the gatekeeper of the show. You are the key master of the precious reviews. Let's do this thing. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. You can also financially support the show at the Atari Bytes Patreon page and by buying cool Atari Bytes stuff at Zazzle.com. And hey, don't forget, an all-new, isn't it weird when shows say all-new, episode of my episode-by-episode review of classic animated peanut specials and feature films, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, just dropped on July 15th, and you do need to check that out. You really, really do. Next week on Atari Bytes, we boldly go where no one has gone before. Well, okay, probably lots of people have, but I only have a couple of times, and I'm going to tell you about it next week when we play Star Trek Strategic Operations Simulator. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass!